Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Good morning. The pink candle is the candle of joy. Reading from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 7 through 20. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. There's nothing scarier than trying to light candles in front of a bunch of people. We've, we've learned that through the years for sure. Um, so I'm going to give you one more chance. How are we doing this morning? All right, much better, much better. Um, so uh, that, that um, what Ariel just read is actually uh, what we're going to look at today together. Uh, it's a, a story that probably no matter what your church background you've heard, all you had to do was watch uh, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas special, right? And you, have, you remember Linus reciting that and the whole story of the shepherd. So it's pretty familiar, um, but I want us to see again because we're looking at the subject of joy, right? And um, so I have for us what... Everett's here somewhere, what he calls Pastor Jamie's classic water illustrations, right? Uh, and, um, and he's not wrong. And, and so I, I want us, there's really going to be three things as we trace through this story. And the first is I want us all, because I ultimately want everyone here to be able to fill up your life in joy. Who doesn't want that, right? I don't want joy. Of course you do. But first, we're going to see you've got to know the source, right? Because if you're going to try to get a, a cup of water, you've got to know where to find it, Right? And so the first is to understand the source of true what joy is. And then once you know the source, you can go to it, right? Otherwise, you're empty. This is you, all right? It's a little cup and, and me, right? And, and if you don't know the source of the joy, you're not going to have any, right? So the first point is to know it, but then what you got to do is you got to seek it, right? So you got to actually go to the source. It's one thing to say, oh, I know what it is, and walk over here. But instead, go and, and fill, right? And here's ultimately the third point, is the more we seek, then what? We overflow with joy. This is my favorite part, right? We overflow. And so now our joy actually spills out 
into our families, into our, our relationships, friends, school, our neighbors, because we, it, you can't spread joy unless you have it. And you know the source, you seek it, and then you overflow. All right? So that's what we're going to look at. You got a sneak peek using this water illustration. All right? So let's, let's pray as we go to God's word. And if you do have your Bibles, it's in, of course, Luke chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, we, we, uh, we do know that you have brought us here for a reason, me included. Lord, you have a purpose and a plan. Even, God, I know there's probably <laughs> more than a few here wondering why they're here. Walked in just not really sure. And, and Lord, I, I am so grateful that by your spirit you've, you've brought them. You've brought those who are weary, those who feel broken, or those who are scared, or those who are already feeling overjoyed, and you're spilling, it's spilling out right now. And God, thank you for gathering your people together to worship and praise your name. And so, Lord, I pray as we, we go to your word together that you would teach us, but you would change us. And God, we know that only you can change us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Um, so, uh, again, we're, we're looking at, at Luke chapter 2, so we'll put it on the screen, but uh, if you want to follow along in your Bibles, that's where we'll, we'll be. If you don't own a Bible, uh, please feel free to take uh, the one in the pew. That's not th- stealing. We want you to have it. We'll replace it. Uh, you saw uh, in the video earlier, uh, uh, Ariel described our Christmas Eve gathering, so I just wanted to uh, really make sure we clarify um, there will be two, four o'clock and six o'clock, uh, and they are, can- if you've never been with us, there's the, the candle variety. We like the candles. It's my favorite uh, gathering of the year for sure. I love it, um, and it's just a great time together, uh, so feel free to come, or you can, uh, if, you, if you're staying home, the four o'clock will be uh, streamed, and it'll be up there, so even if you're not joining at four and you want to do it later, you can always, always do that. So uh, Christmas Eve is on a Friday, so that means Christmas is on a Saturday, right? Uh, so we won't have our f- normal five o'clock uh, uh, gathering on that Saturday um, of Christmas, but then we will have our normal schedule uh, nine and eleven on Sunday the twenty-sixth. Okay. So, uh, oh, and also we're looking for readers for Christmas Eve. So if you're planning to come and you want to get up and, and read, let me know t- uh, or let our office know. Uh, we definitely always need. If you're here, you know we like to read through at least some of the Christmas story together. Um, but this this. Uh, uh, this scene, as I said, is so familiar. Uh, I wanted to kind of set it for you, though, right? Uh, so you can kind of almost imagine you're there. And because we can we sort of romanticize it over the years because it's so familiar. Oh, shepherds, they're so great, right? But they really weren't, uh, at least at, at this time period. Um, th- these are just everyday shepherds. We don't know anything about them. We don't even know their name. We know nothing about them except they're just, it's a, it's a nighttime, it's dark. They're taking care of sheep. They're out in the fields doing their job. And it's not a great job. It's not a job you'd want for your kids or your grandkids, right? It's not a career path most people want to choose. It's just, uh. And, and they're there, it's just like any other day or any other night. And, and, and so uh, that's when, right, that this angel decides to appear to them. Um, and, and shepherds, as I said, they are uh, a cla- a kind of a, a class of people. If you remember Leviticus, we talked about one of the lowest classes of people were lepers, so you had stay away, right? Unclean, unclean, I'm a leper. Well, shepherds were just above lepers. It was like a study they recently did and said the profession that people in America respect the least, and at the very bottom are car salesmen, and just above them are pastors. So I, I feel like a shepherd, right? Uh, just above the car salesman. If you're a car salesman, ha ha, I got you beat, all right? But only you. 
Uh, and that's how shepherds felt. Like they were um, always unclean because of their job. So if you remember from the Leviticus series, it means they couldn't go to worship. So they couldn't go to church, right? Their form of it, temple and synagogue. Um, they were just always under suspicion. And for good reason. Shepherds, they wandered around. They often were thieves. They would steal things because they were always wandering um, and thought things were theirs that they shouldn't have thought were theirs. They didn't belong to them. They couldn't even give testimony in court, a shepherd. So that's how bad it was. Like if you, you, you were a shepherd and you saw something happen, the judge is like, I can't trust you. Right? They're, they're the lowest, one of the lowest forms in, that, in the Jewish society. And, and so it's these people, ever just a kind of a regular night out by the sheep, right? This is who heaven announces literally the greatest event that's ever happened in the world. Because from the earth's perspective, it's this poor little family, Mary and Joseph, they're having a kid, they're so poor, that they have nowhere to go, they lay them in a feeding trough, right? To the earth's perspective, this is nothing to write home about, nothing to celebrate. But heaven understood what was happening, right? And so heaven needs to announce this. Heaven needs to celebrate this. And so who do they come to announce it to? Shepherds. No name Shepherds. And we don't know about it. We don't know if they were thieves. We don't know if these shepherds were godly or not. We just know in general, shepherds were the, that low. And yet that is who the angel goes to. That matters. That means something. That's, that, that, this announcement that's going to come to shepherds shows us even today that the lower you are, the more the gospel is for you. That God would come. You would expect an announcement of God's son to be born to kings, to priests, to Pharisees, to the most prominent, to the most successful, to the most famous. But he came to shepherds to right away show this is who Christ is for. Shepherds. Poor. Broken. Sick. Right? That is who he's come to save. And so it's these shepherds as they're taking care of their, 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 their field, this, this angel appears, you know, and I know on your Christmas tree, you got a little ornament, it's like a, a, a cute little girl with wings, oh, angels, they're so cute, no, 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 when angels in the Bible appear, you want to run for your life, like that's every time, right, the, the first thing, right, that the angel has to, to say is the angel said to them, the shepherds, fear not, don't be afraid, you know, assure them that because, because angels, they reflect the glory of God. And when you see the glory of God, like you fall in awe and fear because it's just overpowering, right? And, and it's, it can be scary to someone like us if we were all of a sudden to just see the glory of God and, and just even reflected on angels. And so he's, fear not, don't worry, right? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. All right, the candle of joy, the pink candle. That's why I'm pink this weekend, right? We've got to rock the joy. And, and, and so, so he, he's, this, this is a Greek word actually where we get our English word evangelism. Evangelism, right? Such a big word in churches. All it is is a verb that says to carry with or to bring the gospel. Or that means the good news. Right? So that's all they're doing. Right? When you're evangelizing, that's all you're doing is sharing the good news. Right? Of what? Of great joy. Great joy. Over and abundance joy. Why? Why is this news so joyous? I'm glad you asked. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, that word Christ was not Jesus' last name, right? It means, uh, it can also be translated Messiah, or, and it just simply means anno the anointed one. In the Old Testament, an anointed one was someone who was special, uh, specially designed to, 
to um, perform a task for God. It could be a priest, it could be a king, right, to have God's anointing. Um, but throughout the generations, there was this promise of the anointed one who would come and save. He was going to be the savior. They didn't quite understand the way we do now as to what that means. Not save us from some uh, oppressive country like Rome, but to save us from our sin, to save us from ourselves, right? That's, he's the savior, the anointed one, Christ the Lord. But why is that good news of great joy? These shepherds are listening to this announcement, this savior we've been waiting for. He's going to be born, but he says, the, the, the angel says, who is uh, for unto you. Right? I don't know, maybe we take that for granted because we've been going to church a long time. But for a shepherd to be like, me? He's born for me? He's come for me? Yes. But I'm a shepherd. Yep. But I've sinned. Exactly. You need a savior. And he's born to you. Like this is a heaven celebrating. He's come. This savior is born unto you. This is right the gospel, the good news of great joy. This is the source of the greatest joy. That you don't have to be apart from God anymore. You don't have to suffer the wrath and judgment of God because of your sin. Because this Savior has come. And if you read through the whole Gospel of Luke, you find at the end of the story, he, doesn't just, he isn't just born, but he lives a perfect life and he dies on a cross in your place to take the sin and shame and wrath of God that you should have taken, he took it for you. And then he rose, conquering sin and death forever. And because of that, that's why heaven's celebrating. They knew here comes a Savior. This is a message of great joy. And so he, he tells them, this, this is a pretty typical formula in Luke, that there's going to be a sign to know this is true. This will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Again, a manger would be a feeding trial, right? This is a, a, a place where animals ate out of them. Sure, they tried to make it as clean as possible, but that's not a pretty typical scene. That's why it's a, it, it's a, um, a, a sign. So if they were to go and try to find this baby in uh, Bethlehem, they might find other babies, but only one lying in a manger. And so you're to know this is true when you see that. So the angel's done. This is one angel. He's done with his message. But then all of a sudden, right, you're, imagine you're there. You're one of the shepherds. You're like, born unto us. Like, good news, great joy. The Savior's born. He's lying in a manger, right? And all of a sudden, it says this. It says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. That could mean army. It's just a ton of angels. You couldn't even count them. And they're all praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And so, so they're just praising God. And remember uh, last week we talked about how in the Old Testament, whenever you saw the glory of God, it meant there was a, uh, a manifestation of God's presence with the people. And what they're saying is, this is the greatest uh, manifestation. This is God himself in flesh, born as your Savior. Glory to God in the highest because of peace. Right? So peace is not you know, this, oh, it's a good feeling, I feel peaceful. It's not the kind of peace you're, the, the, in the Bible. This is a peace, meaning a rightness in relationship that you now can have with God. Like We take that for granted but we shouldn't. Remember Leviticus, the holiness of God, the separation, the curtain, the holy of holies, because he's holy and we're sinful. Well, because of this Savior now, right, that you can have peace. 
See, you read in the back in the garden, they, they walked with God. They had this amazing rightness and relationship with God. It's just, you and I, it's hard to fathom. And what this good news of great joy is that you can have this. That sin just completely rips the fabric of our relationship with God. But because of this Savior, you can have peace or rightness for all of eternity. This is the source of great joy. The source of joy. And so the first question for all of us is, do you know the source of this great joy? Do you know the gospel? I mean, really know it, not just go to church or own a Bible or went to VBS when you were a kid or whatever it might be. Do you know? Um, you know, it's funny, I was, it was in my office. I can't believe I even found this because my office is such a mess right now. Um, but I just happened to see this this week. And I know it just looks like a little notebook. Um, it was actually bought from Shaw's 25 years ago. Um, my then girlfriend, now wife, Heather, uh, she bought us both of these before we left for a conference in Urbana, Illinois, for college students. Um, I did not want to go. I've told you this story a lot, if you've been with us. I um, thought I was okay with God, went to church, said a few prayers, right? And, and I literally hated the gospel. I didn't like the fact that that's the only way you could be saved. I didn't, like, I thought I was right, and I just didn't, but she was just like, well, I'm going to marry this dude. He's got to know the gospel, right? And so she paved my way, and we went to Urbana, and, and this is actually, and she was here last night, and I totally freaked her out when I said, this is actually Heather's notebook. She's like, you're not going to read my notebook, are you? I didn't and won't, but honestly, it wouldn't be a big deal because everything in here is about me. <laughs> like, she, it's all that she cared about was how I was doing because she just so badly wanted God to grip my life and to know the source of joy. And so uh, it's hard to read because I think one of our kids, when they were little, scribbled on it. Um, uh, but basically, if you, you read through that, in the beginning, she's like, man, I'm just so upset because uh, as we arrived, Jamie is just angry. He doesn't want to be here. And she's right. She's, she, she didn't even know the half of it. I didn't want to be there. I was completely separated from her because there was guys' dorms, and girl, right? I'm with all these Christians. I'm like, who are these weirdos? Like, I don't, I don't need this. Like, I'm not saying any of that, but I'm thinking all of this, right? Like, I didn't want to be there. I didn't think anything was going to happen, right? But then as you read towards the end, she's just astounded by God working in my life. And that's where I became a Christian. That's where the, I, I finally just said, Jesus, I don't know why you want me, but you got me. And from that on, it's been a path of a lot of detours, amen? You can relate to that. But it's been a trajectory of following the joy of the gospel of Jesus Christ ever since. I don't know if you walked in here today, maybe overflowing with the joy of the gospel, praise God. But maybe you walked in and you're like, I'm not sure I even know there is a God. I'm not even sure I know what I believe. I'm not even sure why God would want anything to do with me. Maybe you're one of those people that says, I'm surprised the church didn't crumble, right, when I walked in the doors. I don't know what you uh, know or believe. I just want to invite you to understand the source of joy is this same news that the angel brought those shepherds. That, that, that the shepherds then brought, as we'll see in a minute, to others, and now I br someone brought to me, and now I bring to you. You're invited not to, to take all these classes or to go to seminary. You're just invited to put your faith in this Savior to say the world isn't going to cut it. I need joy. And when you know that, you now have the source for joy for all of eternity. That's the invitation that every one of us gets. And so if, you, if, if that's you, man, that's what I want you to chew on as we continue. But a lot of us understand the source. But does it stop there? 
What do we do then? Remember point two was let's seek it. It's not just knowing it and going about your life. It's actually you can seek joy continuously. Keep seeking joy. So let me go back to the, to the shepherds um, and see what they did. So when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They saw it. It's true, right? But here's what I want you to see with that, right? They could have said, wow, that's awesome. Anyway, we've got to take care of these sheep, and we'll just kind of keep talking about how angels visited us. That was crazy, and just stayed there. But something changed about them. They were like, we want to go see. Like, we want to go to this Savior. And, and commentators and, and scholars will tell you that English cannot really uh, capture uh, their original language how, when it says with haste, how urgent. They were just like, we got to go. We got to go. He's been born. Let's go find him, right? They leave their sheep. They leave everything, and they just go because, because that's where joy is. That's where the Savior is, and that's where they're going to go. And so here's what I want us, if you're a, a, a Christian, and maybe especially if you're one that right now is really not feeling the joy, right, that, that you can actually and should make it a priority to continuously seek joy, to seek joy. And so... What that's going to mean is prioritizing and cultivating joy in our lives. We can't go to Bethlehem and see baby Jesus, but we can go deeper into the gospel. We can go to Christ in all sorts of ways to continuously say, I want more of that joy because that joy can never be taken from you. It is rooted in the eternity. It will never, ever leave you, right? So what, what, what I always like to do and I think is really important is to differentiate something, okay? And, and, and that's, I think, one of our biggest problems, even as Christians, if that's you, is that we, we get confused between two words in the English language, joy, and I actually have something else, happiness, right? Notice how this is a beautiful color. I want you leaving here going, I don't want happiness. No, not necessarily that. There's something wrong with happiness. I just don't want you to... Um, get them confused because they're not the same thing. Okay, they're not. Right, so, so uh, I don't know, uh, maybe, you're, uh, maybe I'm the only household because I see these commercials and, uh, and apparently everybody now when you get up on, on Christmas morning, there's a, like a Mercedes or a BMW in your driveway with a big bow, right? If I'm on your Christmas list, feel free, right? As long as you're planning to pay the taxes and the insurance on it because I don't want any of that, right? So, so like, but if that happened and I, I got up, I look outside and there's a BMW with a bow on it, right? I, someone would say, Jamie has great joy. But that's not true, is it? I would have great happiness, probably, right? But think about it because joy can't be taken away, but man, happiness can. Because if I drove uh, uh, or if I, I gave my son Nathan the keys, by the way, I would never do that, but if I did, uh, and he drove and he hit an icy patch and really dents up the car, there goes my happiness, right? Because now I don't have a car or a son. Oh, they're both gone, right? And, and, or, or 10 years later, nobody gets in an accident. I'm like, eh, I need a new car now, right? Because that's great in its moment, but that's happiness, right? Not joy. And so when you, when, you, when you see happiness, it's temporary, okay? So this is the, the picture. Again, this is your life, right? And if your priority, and again, I'm not saying happiness is a bad thing. I pray many happy days for you. I do. But if we pursue it, this is what happens. 
it's fleeting and it's temporary, right? It's fleeting and it's messy too. And it's temporary because it's circumstantial, isn't it? It's based on temporary things like a new car or a new relationship or uh, a new job or more money or just some, right? Those things that, that make us happy, but they're circumstantial and they're temporary. In fact, I would argue that most of the, some of the circumstances of happiness you can control, but most of them you can't. Right? You can't. Like, you're, you're feeling really good. Like, oh, I'm really happy right now. And you wake up with a stomach bug. Right? And you're literally laying on your, you can't keep anything down. It hurts. You're moaning. Ugh, right? Are you happy now? No. It's gone. Right? Or uh, you're, you're feeling happy about life and you find out one of your best friends has a serious form of cancer. Right? Are you happy now? Gone. Your happiness is gone. And so my, uh, my contention is that we actually... Um, too often get these confused, right? And we, we pursue happiness, and that's why we're unhappy, because it's so fleeting, and we're miserable, and then we look at other people, and if, oh, if I had what you have, I'd be happy, right? And we become jealous, and, 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 and because we keep, but, but we don't learn the lesson. We keep pursuing this happiness, and it keeps drizzling out, right? It's, it's temporary. I would argue for the Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, and you're here, like, I have no interest at all then fine, go for happiness. It saddens my heart. That's all you're ever going to find is some fleeting happiness. But the Christian who knows Christ and knows the gospel, you have access to joy. We can never be taken because it's eternal. It's not rooted in circumstances. That's why uh, the James writes, right, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. What? Fa- who likes facing trials? He didn't say count it happy. I was like, woohoo, a trial. Persecute me, yay. No, right? But he says you can count it joy because your joy will not, in fact, your joy will get stronger as you go through trials. Who can attest to that? Yeah, because the faith gets stronger. You realize the presence of Christ even deeper. So he says count it all joy when you go through trials. Right? So, so the idea is to seek joy, not happiness. Again, it's, it's, I, this is one of the biggest mistakes that I know I make, and you probably do, is we think we, we, we're supposed to. It's like we, we have Christ and the gospel as hell insurance over here, but then the rest of our life we're trying to pursue happiness. And that's, that's all wrong. Ha- happiness is good. Like anyone who knows me knows my happy place. I love to sit on the beach. I love the beach. I love the warm air. I love the, the water. I love it all. Some of you hate the beach or something else that is your happy place. But for me, that's what I like. So am I saying, don't be happy so I'll never go to the beach again? No. Right? You'll see me at the beach next summer. Or if one of you wants to buy me a plane ticket to Florida this winter, Get me the BMW first, and then we'll talk about that, all right? So, yeah, I'll, go, I'll be on the beach. Like, but that, what I'm saying is that does make me happy, but it's fleeting, and it's not the purpose of my life or yours. Joy is when you know Christ. Right? So even when you think about I'm happy if my kids are happy, well, that's true, but am I happy just if they're successful and they're doing well in school or in their activities, or, or do I want them to know the joy of Christ. That's my ultimate prayer, right? So pursuing joy, not happiness. Cultivating things that, that create joy. Seeking and filling up on joy. Um, you know, I would even argue that, that if you really do want to be happy, that joy actually leads to more happiness. Because if all you're doing is going after happiness, you have this list, right? 
and it's uh, if I have the most beautiful wife or caring husband, if I have uh, this, if I'm at the top of my job, I make this amount of money and I have it in the bank, um, I, you know, whatever is your, you know, really healthy, uh, whatever would be on your happy list, right? All those things probably sound good to a lot of us, right? And whatever that is, if you got your list, chances are how many of those are actually uh, true, right? Like, like probably one or none, right? Uh, and so you're, you're like, ugh, I'm not getting there. I'm not happy because you're pursuing it. But if you are instead prioritizing the joys of the gospel, right, now you still work hard and want to be at the top of your company. That's great. But if you're not, oh, well, that's not what I live for. Right? You can now love the wife of your youth because that's who God gave you and that brings you joy. You don't need to, oh, I should have something better. right? Or whatever that list is, it, yeah, it's your happy list. It comes, it goes. But joy is what you're after. And so you actually get happier with your circumstances because you're not pursuing happiness. That's how it works. And, 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 and so, I, you know, if, 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 you, um, if, if you seek joy as a Christian, you're going to be a lot happier. And so how do we do that? Ultimately, and, I, and, and most of my messages spent on this, as you can tell, because I really truly think for most of us, this is our biggest problem, me included. I'm trying to pursue happiness, not joy. So how do you seek joy? Because it seems like this sort of joy, all right, what is it? The gospel, what, what is it? It is to um, prioritize with intentionality to be around people, situations, uh, um, places, right, that bring you further into the love and knowledge of who Christ is, that he saved you, the promises he's made for you, right? The, 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 to get around people, that's what we're doing right now, at least I hope, right? Like gathering together. I, I, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up Roman Catholic, right? So my dad, he still does this. He's like almost 80, and he opens the church for the 8 o'clock mass. And uh, my brother and I, when we were little kids before we could drive and separate from this, um, he would drag us. My mom went to a later mass. She didn't go to that early, right? We'd have to get up. We'd be there by like 7.15. It was miserable. And if you were to see me, I would sit in the back pew, and I was like, right? And I had this, this, this only thing I had to look at was this big bulletin. And I just remember reading it and not even caring, but it was all I had, right? And, and often I would see this word. And especially around Christmas time, I would say, hey, if you go to this Christmas Eve mass, right, you have fulfilled your Sunday morning obligation, that word. Imagine that, right? At the time, I didn't care. But since then, I've looked back, it's like, obligation? Like, do we really think, like, we're impressing God by going to church? Like, do we think, like, so I, I just want to say, this is not something a pastor should say, but if you have no desire to be here, but you're checking off some box that you think is impressing God, stay home. God don't want you here. I mean, I want you here because maybe God will wake you up, but this is not, that's not why we're here. Uh, yeah, you might come in weary or broken or, or feel shame, but you want something from God. You want to, to fill up on that joy, and so you come to be with God's people, to worship God, to pray, to, to, to hear God's word, so you can go just another degree deeper into joy, Right? I would argue get, get with people in smaller groups, whether it's a, a, a small group, a formal small group of the church, or Christian friends you just have over, and just uh, people that you know, you talk about all kinds of different things, but it produces joy because the Lord, he comes up in that conversation, right? Um, I love the friends that I have in my life that I, we can talk about all kinds of things, but it produces joy because I know the Lord's in it. 
Right? I'm not saying don't have friends who aren't Christians. You should. How are we going to reach them if you don't? I'm just saying make sure you, you have some that it will produce joy, those, those conversations. Um, there's this weird phenomena that has happened over the years with our elders. Right? We, we meet usually every other week. And we meet to plan and to, to, to cast vision, right? But we also pray together. We pray for all of you. We study different things. We have a retreat once a year. And after six years, it's required that an elder takes a complete year off, takes a break. And almost every one of them says when they come back on, right, that it was one of the worst years spiritually for them. And it's like, you're supposed to be resting. What happened, right? But what, what we came to realize is they, they didn't miss, like, the burden of church leadership, right? But they missed the fellowship. They missed being with people and the conversations and the prayers and just, just what that did and how that produced joy. So you got to find ways to do that with people. How about individually? How do you seek joy? Well, you got to pray. Now, I don't want you thinking of prayer as some, some formal, religious, like stiff thing. It's talking to God and listening to God. Like how many relationships in your life get, get better without communicating? None, right? So it's talking to him. Yeah, you have your time where you want to you pray, but man, talk to him throughout your day. That will produce joy. You are not going to do it without God's word. We call the Bible. Somewhere along the line, like, and, I, and I'm not judging you if you use this, but I, I started hearing when I first became a Christian, do your quiet time. I thought it was a detention or something. Like, sit before God and do your quiet time. So I don't, I try not to use that term because I don't like it. I just like, man, get your best cup of coffee, open the Bible, and just spend time with God. That's his heartbeat. You will, you will grow in joy doing that. But, but yeah, study the Bible, but not just because it's some ancient textbook and we need to learn it, because that is who God is, his truth. Right? Well, the, now, depending on who you are, right, all different other kinds of things are available. Are you a music person? I'm not going to stand up here and throw away all of your secular music. No, that's silly. That's ridiculous. But if you love music, because most secular music, even if it's good music, it's about what? Happiness or often, you know, if it's Taylor Swift, unhappiness, right, of another relationship. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a surrounding happy things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do, uh, listen to that, but make room to listen to music that produces joy, eternal things. Maybe you're more of like a podcast person. Listen to sermons or great Christian content that will, will get you thinking about the Lord and it will sink you deeper into joy. Maybe you're a reader, you love books, right? So there, we can recommend all kinds of books that will get you to, to think about the eternal and it will produce joy. I began kind of doing this, uh, just kind of thinking about this um, this week, because I knew I was going to be sharing this, that, that I started asking the question to myself, right? Talk to myself. You guys talk to yourself? Because I talk to myself all the time. And, and, and just saying, is this what I'm doing or thinking about? Is it producing joy, right? And if not, what can I do? So I found myself, even though I, I read my Bible just about every day, right? Not just because I'm a pastor, but just I do my quiet time, right? But, but I, I also like just started saying, well, I want some joy right now. And I just picked up my Bible and just like turned to like the Gospel of John and just started reading. Or I turned instead of listening to, you know, people yelling at each other on sports radio, I turned on a podcast and listened to a sermon instead. And, and I started, wow, that brings a lot more joy, Right? And, and so that's what I'm saying is find ways, right, to fill up and go to the source and seek joy. 
It's a never-ending process. And so it doesn't mean I don't want you to be happy. I just don't want that to be what you're after all the time because you will be miserable. That's why some of us are so anxious, depressed, because we aren't where we want to be in happiness. I would argue if you find the source of joy, man, you will begin to realize all that stuff just doesn't really matter. Thank you, God, for it, but this is what truly matters in my life. Now, I promise you that we're almost done. I wanted to get you this last point because I think this acts sort of as a, a check engine light, okay? Let's finish the shepherd's story. What do they do? They went, they find the, um, the, the child, right? And it says, when they saw it, that the manger, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. That's just a really kind of biblical way of saying they just started telling everyone, right? This made known. They didn't care who, who they said it. And it said, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Right? So think about it. These crazy, lowly shepherds are like, the Savior's born. He's in a manger. And they're like, what is wrong with these guys? Right? Like, what's going on? They're wondering. But the shepherds don't care. Because you know why? When you have that much joy, you don't care what people think of you. Right? When you're so overjoyed, you're team one or whatever, you're like, wow, you don't care how you look. or what. And that's how the shepherds are. They're overflowing with joy. It says, and even tell the, 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 the parents, Mary and Joseph. So Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She's like, man, too much. Like, it's a lot. Angels are visiting, a virgin birth, shepherds. Like, all right, let me just kind of keep this in my heart and, 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 and consider these things and what they might mean. And this is how the story ends. The shepherds returned. So that's the thing, right? You can't just go to church and stay here. Sorry, you got to leave. You got to go back to work. You got to go back to school. You got to go back to, to campus. You got to go back to your life. But this is how they returned. They were different, right? They were glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen as it had been told them. Notice what happened. You saw it. The angel tells the shepherds, evangelism. The good news of great joy. Now, the shepherds tell everyone they see evangelism, the good news of great joy. And it's been handed down from the generations all the way to this day, right? The good news of great joy. And they do just what the angels did. They told everyone this message, and then they glorified God. Right? And that's what we do. We simplify all the programs of the church. All that we do, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? We glorify God in worship, and we tell people the gospel. That's what it comes down to. And we grow deeper and deeper into the joy of that gospel. And what I would uh, say is that, that that third point, right, is that they overflow with joy. And I want to ask you, right, um, and, and I'm not asking you to, to say it out loud, but, but does this describe you right now? Like, you know, maybe just a little bit of this. And you're like, hey, how much joy you got? It's like this. Or, or are you, man, you like this? Just, yeah, more. Right? You ever seen a, a new Christian who just, just understands the gospel, right? And they're, they're running around like, like, woo, the church is open. When are we, why isn't the church open on Monday? So I want to go, like, easy, I can't do a church service, right? And, and what ministry can I do? They're just, and then pretty soon they look around the rest of us and we're like, you're weird, right? And they think, oh, I'm doing this wrong. And then they sit subdued. They actually have it right, right? They're overflowing with joy. Somewhere along the way, we lost it, right? We need to learn from them. And so like I said, it's like a check engine light, right? So, so you know, you ever been driving and your check engine light comes on and it stays on? And you're like, oh, that's probably no big deal, some fuse or something. And I'll bring it to the mechanic when I get a chance. But when the check engine light comes on and it begins to blink, have you ever had one of those? I remember the first time that happened to me, I read my manual, because if you know me, I barely know how to start my car. So I look at my manual and it says, stop, right? 
pull over, don't touch anything. It's going to blow pretty much is what I saw. And, and so I did. And you have to get it towed and all of that because if you keep going, your engine is going to blow or it's going to seize and you need to stop. So if you're looking at your life right now and you're saying, man, I don't feel that joy. I am a Christian. I have a little bit, but I'm dry. Then that's a check engine light for you to say, man, i got to seek this joy more. i got to stop prioritizing happiness and seek joy because this is the eternal. I want to overflow with joy. And, 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 and that's maybe why when you hear of a ministry opportunity or something, you're like, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I'm too this, I'm too, no, because you're pursuing happiness, you're not getting it, so of course you're tired. But instead, look at it as like, man, I need more of that. Maybe you need more of all those different things that produce joy in your life. And so ask that question I've been asking myself this week. Is this producing joy? If not, what can I do? What can I do? Because my prayer is for you to overflow with joy, not drizzle out that fleeting happiness. And so here's um, how I want to pray for us as we, we um, stop today um, and land this plane. Um, I just want to ask, do you know the source of this joy? Do you know the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you like me who wandered into that, that conference all those years ago saying, I don't need this, but something has gripped your heart and you realize you do? That's God. That's God. All you need to do, you just need to accept his grace and put your trust in him. Second question as I pray is, if you are a Christian, is that check engine light going off? This time of year, even though it's supposed to be a time of great joy, it tends to be a time of great busyness and distraction, doesn't it? Who do you think's behind that? The enemy. But instead, you need to get back to saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm getting rid of this being my priority, and I want joy. Let's pray. Father, I ask for your blessings of grace on those who came in here not knowing Jesus as Savior. Lord, I ask that you would draw them to yourself, that they would know your great mercy and love, they would know your forgiveness, they would know, they would have that peace, that rightness with you for the first time. Lord, lead them, give them the faith that they need to trust Christ in no longer this world. Lord, I pray for those who have um, first, who are overflowing with joy. Thank you, God, for them. I pray that they would not stop, even if they see other people looking at them funny, that they would be like the shepherds and just be overjoyed with the gospel and keep filling up and keep seeking. And Lord, I ask for your, your help for those who, are, who would describe themselves right now as having the check engine light blinking. They feel dry, they feel... Um, you know how they feel, Lord. I certainly have been there, and I pray that they would leave here with great hope that that great joy will be again, that they can seek that happiness is not what this life's about for the Christian, but the eternal joy found in your love and mercy and who you are, oh God. That description of heaven that Kelly gave earlier, oh, that's where we're going to be. I pray that you raise our eyes that you would give us that great joy again. Fill us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. We praise you and we sing to you because you are worthy. Amen. Let's sing out with, with great joy.